I V M. Welcome to episode 64 of Shunya 1. We have a surprise guest for the introduction. Sheila Ditya, you're back. Yes, I'm back. Welcome, welcome. I'm happy to be doing intros again. Yes, I know. So we have a great conversation coming up with Shreyas. Yes, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, I mean, of course, if you've not heard of Insider or In already, I'm pretty sure you'll have an interesting listen on how the story's been. Mm-hmm. The last few weeks I have been missing Uh, yes. Also have had have been fun episodes. Yes, they have. And uh, we've had what two? Uh, we had Vikram, and before Vikram, we had Sanjay Nath. Correct. We I had two VCs and investors back to back, so a little change from our usual uh, founder audience. Right. Uh, but we've got some interesting comments. Yeah. We so we did the Slack channel. Uh, we did a Slack poll. Uh, Vikram Chatra mentioned about his concert with the five minute bank, where bank procedures shouldn't take more than five minutes. What is the longest you've ever waited at a bank? What is the longest you ever waited at a bank? An hour. An hour. I've been to the bank like five times in my life. I really? Yeah, I've never. I hate wow. going to the bank. You're a lucky, lucky guy. I, I think spent, the. I have no idea when I last went. I spent four and a half hours at the bank once, dematting. How shares. much money were you? I was dematting deal? shares. I had no. Sh- I I just had certificates after certificates, and they didn't. Half of them weren't getting dematted. So I spent four and a half hours that day over there at the bank. That was not fun. But uh, apparently, Kaushik Tirtapa is the luckiest man ever because he is the longest he's ever waited at a bank is fifteen minutes. I've no I, I he's the It's only person ATM the, line dude. <laughs> but he has waited for 15 minutes. Besides that uh we had a couple of people who waited for more than half an hour but most people have waited for more than an hour which I think yeah. is normal. Wow. So yeah. So yes, abolish banks please. Uh or at least don't make us go to them. Right. But uh all right cool. I think right. uh, let's get on with it. Yeah, onward with our show and before we get into introducing the guest I think uh, you guys have all Probably seen his famous billboards yeah. all over the city and all over other cities. I, I think he might be the first person in our office who has billboards of his own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, so we got a star. We got an absolute celebrity with us today. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if you have seen those billboards, it's uh, very likely that you got a job because of him too. <laughs> so, so without further ado, onwards with our show. All right, welcome to the show. This is Shunya One, episode sixty-four. Today we have with us Shreya Srinivasan, the founder and CEO at Insider. In, what's up, Shreyas? All good, man. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for making it after pestering you for months and months. Uh, you're finally here. Yeah, you know what's uh, what's a trait of a good entrepreneur, right? Yes, uh, persistence. And I'm talking about you, not me. <laughs> and hustle. Yeah, both. And hustle apparently, but yeah. uh, I I've actually convinced you to come over after you finished work and a nice long vacation. That's so true. you took your time. Yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, you know that thing they say about good things. <laughs> of course. Of course, but thanks so much for being here. Thank uh, you. I I would actually love for you to, to you know do a little more of an elaborate introduction, a uh, little more background on you know how you came to arrive at what Insider is today. Sure. And uh, of course, just before we went on the mic, you were talking about how you can uh, date someone's age from <laughs> the first Linux kernel they compiled. So, which one was that? Or How far along does your journey with tech go? Quite a long time ago. Um I think I got involved in tech and independent music way back in 2004 uh when I just got out of college. Uh I have a friend by the name of Gaurav uh already also a good candidate for the show. Um 
manages Raghu Dikshit project mm-hmm. uh, and used to play music back in college, right? So he was the cool guy in our group. And uh, Garo introduced us to a bunch of independent musicians in, in in Bangalore, and we thought a lot of them played really good music, but nobody knew about them, mm-hmm. right? And uh, being the the geek or the tech guy in that in that uh, in I that know team, very well how that is. I'm yeah, sure <laughs> yeah. Also, so does. so, but Garo's Garo's fairly tech savvy too. So uh, we kind of decided sometime in late 2004, early 2005 that we'll do something about it. Right, so we launched an online radio station called Radio Verb. I'd already done a fair amount of open source work, so uh, was involved in open source uh, through college, through a college Linux users group, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So we decided to launch a radio channel, online radio channel called Radio Verb, which was possibly India's first attempt to put only independent music on 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 an online radio station. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are talking about like this is. I think the biggest. I don't even remember what the biggest online radio station was that time. Like Dreamcast was still alive. Wow! Right, like you're talking about just becoming Yahoo Radio, and um, uh, I I don't think Ghana Savan none of them ever no, existed. No, this is a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so we start playing it, and uh, like it's it's one of the multiple times you discover serendipity in life. The first week we launched the station, there were six people on the show. When we and it was a live radio show, yeah. right? We could identify every one of them easily because they were my friend, his girlfriend, <laughs> my mom. Uh, like in between the show, you could hear my mom yell in the background saying, "Hey, but dinner's ready. Come down and eat." And I'm like, nice. oh, like so. It started there, but uh, soon we discovered there's there's a huge number of people who who were into independent music in India but didn't have a place to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is again pre YouTube. Uh, so uh, rich multimedia was just about starting on the internet mm-hmm. um, and within the first 3-4 months we used to have 20-30,000 people li- oh, wow, listening to the radio station number. yeah it's and a huge number still that's live, an expensive eh? number too isn't it no it wasn't really? Shout, like 64 kbps shoutcast streams oh, weren't no. that expensive okay, all right. um, and then I had written like like an open source wrapper around it which allowed uh, which allowed you to like make playlists play a playlist schedule stuff record all sorts of stuff and that allowed me to like meet a lot of other people within the indie music circuit in India. Uh, and I continue to do a lot of open source work with a conference I used to organize called Foster.in in Bangalore. So as as this journey kind of unfolded, we tried to make Radio Verb a business. We failed miserably. Uh, we didn't know anything about a business. Um, funny enough, like we didn't know what an agency was. Like I remember 2006, somebody said, oh, you could be an agency. I was like, what's an agency? <laughs> uh, uh, and um, we tried with Radio Verb. We couldn't really figure out how to monetize it. So we said, okay, we're going to continue like doing this on the side because right. we were famous because of it. Oh, right? We were yeah. uh, famous then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when when you could be internet famous. <laughs> when you could be relatively internet famous. Yeah. <laughs> like I remember I was the first Shreyas on Google search if you searched back then. Ah. I, I, I don't think I am anymore. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So... Um, Radio Warp was going along year on year. Uh, 2008, 2009, I met a guy called Vijay Nair. Vijay used to manage a bunch of bands we used to play on Radio Warp. We used to play Radio Warp. Uh, we used to play Pentagram. Vijay used to manage Pentagram. Vijay started managing Raghu Dikshit project, yeah. right? And uh, we met Vijay and um, Vijay said, oh, we could do all these things together. I have like this big business about managing artists, but we could do technology together and uh, you already have access to all these artists. And I was like, oh, sounds great. Uh, quit my job 2010, joined OML. Mm-hmm. Uh, we formed a company called OML Digital, mm-hmm. uh, which was the digital arm of OML. And said, okay, let's, we started a platform called NH7. Mm-hmm. Um, 
said there's going to be a platform which is both real on ground with a music festival and online with an instrument.in which promotes independent music in India. And uh, that's how it got started. Then along the way, we tripped into stand-up comedy. Uh, we found a small group called AIB. Um, um, they did uh, a small thing called The Roast or yeah. The Knockout. Uh, <laughs> that resulted in us meeting more stand-up comedians. That resulted in us doing more shows. So sometime in 2013, we started thinking. Uh, we worked with pretty much... Ticketing was a no business in 2010, right? right? Typically, uh, if a festival sold... A thousand tickets, the festival would be amazing. Yeah. Right. And uh, it used to be a split where sponsorship used to be 70%. Uh, FNB at the event used to be 20%, and ticketing used to be 10%. Of right? the revenue. Yeah, of yeah. the revenue. So no one cared about it. Yeah. Right. Uh, but we saw a gradual change between 2010 and 2014-15 where we started doing a lot more shows, a lot of comedy shows. Like AIB went from selling 10,000 tickets one year to 100,000 tickets the next year. Wow. Right? And it was insane. And then we started working with a lot of people and we realized to really push this forward, uh, we needed to do a bunch of things with the product and the data and the analytics to be able to really understand what's going on. Right. Uh, it wasn't still like shows were selling out. It's still not, mm-hmm. um, it's not Europe or America, but the, the the trend was very consistent. And we wanted to reward our users. We wanted to figure out how to, how to really get to build a community so that more events could predict how many tickets they sell, what is the right price, uh, what is the right cities to go to. Uh, how to really build a community around events. So that's when we started working on an idea which which was called, I mean, the, the origin of Insider is the name is called, was supposed to be NH7 Insider, mm-hmm. right? Like, And then once we started figuring out what to do, we realized, okay, we need a platform first to be right. able to do all of these things we want to do, right? right? We couldn't do it on some other platform. And uh, that's that's how Insider.in was born. So it was uh, mid-2014 was uh, when we launched Insider. We aimed for it to be for OML shows. Right. We, we never intended it to be for everyone else. Uh, and we started working on it and we started getting a few internal inquiries. And, and the first year we did uh, 600 events on Insider and 450, 500 of them were OML events. The next year was, uh, we started getting a lot more inquiries and we want to list and it became three, three and a half thousand events and last year was ten and a half thousand events. Wow. Right? Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm hoping this year will be 25,000 events. Yeah? Yeah, but, but that's the journey. Uh, I think everything we've done so far, I think the advantage we've had is the perspective of being organizers first, right? Uh, I was the organizer's uh, sitting and worrying about how many people are going to come on the last day to buy a ticket because you're looking at an empty event and nothing's yeah. more disheartening than an empty event. Right. right. So yeah, that's that's been my journey. Um, insiders in the last one year, um, we did a day. Uh, we uh, raised some money from Paytm. Paytm came in as a as an investor uh, and uh, Paytm owns uh, majority interest in Insider now. So yeah, this Insider, this Paytm, this OML, this uh, this me. And there's a management team and yeah, we're, wow, man. we're going along. Nice, nice. And of course, I mean, this I've actually uh, had the fun privilege of seeing bits and pieces of this journey uh, along the way. And I really know you guys, obviously, you and Vijay have uh, been like passionate about both the music scene, like you said, as well as making, you know, on-ground experiences work. And of course, Insider is a digital manifestation of the best seamless sort of experience you can have from you know for any community yeah. uh, and of course you're doing more and more things uh, which I want to get into a few of them but coming back to the reason behind uh, why 
creating a tech product so focused in one uh, this dimension of course the supply chain exists for you since you also do the last mile bit yeah. and so on what do you think has been the biggest reason for this for you to build it yourself i mean there are platforms which existed correct like what were the biggest gaps you saw which led to you know making this move uh, in this direction i think a part is perspective uh, we have very unique perspective a part is hubris i have like the hubris that somehow i can do it better than anyone else uh, i think both are ex- extremely required if you're foolish enough to do it right, right? Uh, because if you if you don't have the hubris that somehow i can do this better than anyone else mm-hmm. it's not worth your time um, <laughs> so so yeah i think both those things actually we felt like we are uniquely positioned to understand the problem mm-hmm. uh, and we were the best people to build it and obviously having compiled linux kernel so long ago yes uh, <laughs> i i rate myself as a rather accomplished technologist yes uh, the verdict on that is yet to be out but now my my team's consistently rewritten every piece of code i have <laughs> so they might have different opinions about it that's a good team yeah. that you yeah that's a good team that you're yeah. building out of bombay yeah yeah <laughs> nice it's one of our recurring themes we try to see is building a team out of bombay no yeah. actually i funnily enough we have never focused on building a team out of bombay mm-hmm. uh we have about uh five six people out of bangalore and delhi now like we have oh, just yeah. said wherever you are yeah. uh it doesn't matter right. uh if you if like we'll fly down whenever you want to come just the opportunity cost of like finding someone is just so damn high yeah. we we'll just go wherever you are if you're in nepal find you're in nepal code um, from there yeah code from there um, jit commit from nepal yeah yeah, so. yeah yeah and and it's one of the few uh really uh kind of professions or kind of jobs which work well remotely mm. right um because trust is almost built by work you do because everyone can see it still yeah. got to have challenges right not being able to talk to people on a fairly regular basis there got, there've got to be challenges with working like that yeah yeah But of course it's worth it well i i mean it's a trade off if mm-hmm. i could do it do have everyone in bombay i would right. i mean it's definitely better that way right. yeah. but the the truth is you can't Mm. right yeah. uh and and the truth is like we were talking about there's so much competition for tech talent yeah. in india um uh, that you're competing with pretty much any i mean it doesn't matter how yeah. much money you have right? right like you could have all the money in the world and you could either spoil your culture by paying people so much that have zero ownership on it right or you could just try to outbid everyone and just lose mm-hmm. uh so it's it's very important to almost wait for the right kind of people who want to work with you right. versus people you want to work with i don't know if that makes sense but like it's always a journey yeah. to find people who want to work with yeah. insider yeah. right because they they are the best kind of people to work with they're committed to it they stick around uh they don't just see it as it's not just a paycheck it's not just a paycheck yeah, yeah. yeah and of course i think uh, to that point you guys have actually sort of held up that cool quotient of being a awesome place to work because of your of course oml culture and then that you know obviously seeped into the culture at insider from a digital perspective as well yeah. uh and you guys have held that like for all these years i think a lot of people have loved working with you uh, over the years and uh, that must have helped i hope to bring in folks who are techies as well as passionate about maybe music or passionate about the you know entertainment scene in general yeah uh, absolutely yeah. and and i think it goes back to that perspective again like i think we have a very nuanced well-rounded perspective 
Uh, I find that lacking in a lot of places in India where they tend to be fairly unidimensional, mm-hmm. right? Um, tech startups just about tech, right. and uh, but we we are blessed that we have fairly rounded culture that helps bringing in people who are multidimensional into the company because they find it as a place they connect to, right? Right. So my new head of uh, VP of tech played guitar and played in a band in college. Um, oh, oh. So he could go work for anyone else, but he's like, okay, cool. I I'll meet uh, Tulika. If you met my head of marketing, used to be a singer. Um, so yeah, we get uh, you fairly guys, around. Chuck works with you guys, right? He's Chuck works. He's a stand-up comic. Yeah, yeah. yeah Chuck, yeah. Uh, host of the excellent IVM show Simplified. Sorry, Sorry. <laughs> great flop. <laughs> great flop. Could only happen if I was on this show. Yes. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I try and plug as much as I can, but you're right. This is this is a unique circumstance, yeah, so I yeah, should plug it. Yeah. Right, cool. And of course, now that you have built this, right? Of course, for whatever reasons you chose to build it, when you started off, you obviously looked at okay, solving your own problem, like from an OML perspective, solving the problem of you know doing this right in the right way. Now you've obviously raised money. You're going, you know, bigger and you're growing insanely. Do you see? insider going after uh, fill, filling this unique void in the digital event ticketing and whatever else other pro- solution space you guys are going after i don't think there's a void first of all i mean yeah. we like it should never exist it's all in our head <laughs> <laughs> um this is a great investor pitch. Someone should listen to this podcast. Hey, hey I go back to that uh, that um, uh, the Ford quote, right? If you ask people what they want, they want faster horses, horses. horse carriages. Right. I, it kind of comes from there's no void. Like, right. like it's it's a lot about connecting, like with with what some people might like, mm-hmm. um, and and we t- struggle with it like most startups do. What else could we do? How else could we do it? Mm-hmm. Uh, do we do we go deeper? Do we go wider? Do we add new things? Do we just do what we do really well? Do we go to new countries? Do we just explore India more closely? Yeah. And I haven't found the best answer for it. I mean, but we, we've done a lot of things tangentially, mm-hmm. uh, which at least are indicators. And it's fairly early in our journey, right? Like we're a standalone independent company for 12 months now. Right. Yeah. Right? That's, that's a pretty short yeah, while. Um, so we are just exploring to to get what we do and be really, really good at it. For instance, this is the first year we did sports. And one of the company mandates, I, I don't know, we, we follow this new thing called OKRs, Objective, oh, yeah. Objective Key Responsibility. Yes, the Google. The Google one, yeah. yeah. And one of the things everyone agree, agrees on in the company is like, we should be the best sports ticket buying experience in the country, mm. right? Nice. And and then then it's easy to rally with it. Like, what else do you need? What do you need to do with it? Uh, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I, th- I think we'll do new stuff when we have a bunch of new stuff underway. But it's going to connect with what we feel our audience connects to. I mean, I said connect twice in that sentence, but you yeah. know what I mean. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But of course, an interesting segue to what you did with sports, right? I mean, that itself, of course, as an entertainment vertical, it's been one of the biggest most right. sought after how did you guys obviously plan to make a dent in that space and do you, can you tell us about some stuff you did uniquely yeah. there yeah uh, I, I think there there's a few things really interesting with sports uh, one the demand already exists right, right? Uh, a big challenge on, on a lot of other segments where music theater comedy is you have to generate demand you have to generate buzz uh, sports is a lot about servicing demand so efficiency is really important right, right? right. How, how quickly can you get people into the stadium that becomes really important so we worked a lot on that efficiency part uh, second 
being able to give intelligent analysis and data uh, to sports uh, to um, the stadium owners or the franchises mm-hmm. is really important the stakeholders so the stakeholders involved yeah. right uh, so we we launched a fan club software right which allows people to see who are the most loyal fans how do you reward them uh, make sure that uh, they can see who are the people who kind of rally around the team throughout the year mm-hmm. um, that that was really interesting uh, we are working on a dynamic pricing model which again in india pretty much every ipl team uh, sells out right? right so your ability to uh, dynamically raise prices and be yes. able to target that demand allows you to inc- like generate 10% 15% yeah. more revenue wow. so so i i think there's a lot of things to do um Obviously, first year, we're almost catching up. I mean, we're catching up with competition, which has been there for a decade. Yeah. Uh, and moving small things here and there, which we could, yeah. Awesome, man. On that note, I think we're going to take a quick break, come back and deep dive into a few of these interesting aspects of event ticketing and more. All right, welcome back. Coming back to our conversation, uh, the real conversation, not the one we were having yes. happening, <laughs> having on the break about uh, poker and insider coupons. Uh, we'll, we'll leave that for another time. Leave yeah. that to people's imagination. Yeah. Yes, but yeah. coming back to the business of insider, right? And a little more about the, the other offline aspects of this online ticketing platform that you guys have built. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that However much you may have thought that you're building a digital tool, you're actually still doing the entire, uh, you know, gamut of services, uh, yeah. which means delivery, uh, online buying experience to actual offline delivery. Yeah. And funnily enough, even the rest of the players in this space have all had to do that. I mean, Correct. it's just that there is such a big part of this offline operation that you have to manage and hence control user experience at. Yeah. How has that been given the fact that you're literally running two different kinds of companies within you know your organization and uh, also dealing with the regulatory framework around events and all of these new types of uh, you know things that you guys are getting into and maybe even dynamic pricing Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit yeah so uh, just to give everyone listening a bit of idea uh, we recently did the knockouts and the eliminators at at IPL at Eden Gardens Mm -hmm. Um, the capacity is 68,500 Typically, on the day of the match, we have 400 people working for us at the stadium. Wow. Right? Wow. There are 400 people manning entry and the ticket checking process across all the entry, like 20, 10, 12 different entry points of the stadium. Wow. Right? And um, that's a huge part of our business. And funny enough, it's probably whenever I meet people, they say, hey, that's the moat in your business, right? That's difficult to copy. Yeah, I think it right? is, right? Yeah, it's, I, I don't know, but it's funny. <laughs> um, and it's not so different because it's very tech-enabled. Mm-hmm. A lot of them do use technology we right. build to be able to get people into the stadium, mm-hmm. to align them, to go sit in their seats. But it is a very different culture of a team, right? That that team hasn't slept for three days before they went, right? Yeah. right? That team has to deal with uh, cops coming to the box office and threatening them unless they give tickets, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Uh, that team, like in Goa, if uh, we we uh, we work with FC Goa, the football team, and Govans are super passionate about football. So if tickets do sell out, they decide to pelt us with stones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. In happiness? Huh? Like no. <laughs> Who pelts stones in happiness? I don't know, man. Ticket selling. What kind of relationships are you in? 
tickets selling out is a great thing like why would you get pelted because they can't get tickets they can't they get want. tickets to go oh my god reserve them oh, you have man. to have like do you have backdoor software which says reserve for you know like do you block tickets that's how you go to jail <laughs> <laughs> no we don't But, have any such thing i would like to categorically state that uh, on record uh, but but yeah it like india's extremely extremely interesting interesting market and and i tell you like some of the things uh, which which we experience is surreal mm-hmm. right i tell you we organize um, we uh, we ticketed the india sri lanka test match and the prices for the test match are much cheaper than uh, the other matches the, the price starts at 99 rupees mm-hmm. uh, and goes up to 500 rupees right. right and the same day you'll see a guy come in in a bmw and pick up his tickets and then there is a, either an auto driver or like literally a cart pusher standing in line and buying a, and a ticket right. and 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 the perceptions of of sports as entertainment in their eyes is so different Yeah. right like for the uh, the card puller he's been disenfranchised all his life yeah right he suddenly thinks i have this one app where i can buy on my phone he is the guy who'll stand 2 hours in a queue and say thank you mm-hmm. right because he's never had this opportunity in his life before and then you have someone who's so used to the comfort of having anything if right. he stands 20 minutes in a queue right he's raving mad yeah, yeah. right and he's like how dare you make me stand in a queue for 20 minutes what is wrong with you guys this is terrible service right and you see that whole spectrum of people because sports kind of reaches out to everyone and connects with everyone right so a um, big challenge has been doing the last mile really really well like we for ipl we we our system uh, managed to ship through blue Par, blue dart about 120000 tickets right wow. literally 120000 parcels not even tickets yeah. right wow. yeah. and just like building that whole back end to be able to uh, track that so people get like a push notification you can track where it is all of that it's 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 very molded we don't see it as digital non non digital mm-hmm. we see it as if you're going to play in this industry you got to be business. able to deliver this right, right. but that's uh, something i uh, generally i mean like again uh, if we think about a lot of the people who we've had on the show just generally and other entrepreneurs we meet most people like to stay away from the icky stuff right i mean like sure. which is like dealing with like lots and lots of people right so yeah. i mean i think when you're saying that this is your moat i think you're absolutely right right because i think you'll not find that many technology companies that really want to kind of get into that kind of thing yeah it's it's a moat but it's also a, it's a inherent necessity of it yours. is it is yeah right i mean you wouldn't win this market if you didn't do it yeah exactly right? it's as simple as that and and we talked about it like the the reason flipkart does deliveries is because they can't win that market if they didn't do deliveries right. the reason uh, twitter or facebook don't need to do any real world stuff because they don't need it they don't the exactly yeah so it's it's purely a function of what you're trying to do yeah, yeah but but it's super interesting like uh, being able to work with students uh, in stadiums in concerts across the country understanding how important it is for them to get some job like we do a comedy show in jabalpur mm-hmm. right uh, there's a comedian called zakir khan i yeah. don't know like yeah, yeah, he manages to sell thousands of tickets in jabalpur mm-hmm. yeah. who would have thought of that happening 5 years ago <laughs> yeah right like jabalpur loves stand up comedy and it's not cheap tickets yeah right these are people who know him who watched him on youtube want to come to a show and there are college students in that who want to be volunteers at the show right and they it's a badge of honor wow right here's a work experience when i was 
18, 19, where I get to work in entertainment with Sakir Khan. Yeah, they love it. So you you get a lot of varied perspective, but it, it is difficult. I mean, we have all the classic problems of anything which involves... Uh, the government very closely, right? Uh, so, I wanted to kind of, like you were mentioning uh, city like Jabalpur, right? I mean, like, does that uh, become a little more difficult than working in larger cities when uh, when it comes to these kinds of government regulations and dealing with these things? Uh, it's actually easier. Oh, really? Okay. I, um, I have realized, I don't think it's a reflective of the size of the city. It's probably a reflective of either culture in sometimes or, or the current people in office. Yeah. Uh, in office, um, some cities can be extremely difficult. Okay. Right? Like... Um, What's the they, worst? The one they we are be, in? Like, they, <laughs> no, no, no. No. Um, no, Bombay is not that bad. Like, it could be hazardous. Like, you could be beaten up, you could be taken... Right. Uh, de- taken, uh, taken to the police station, arrested for absolutely no fault of yours. Right. Right? And uh, it, culturally, it's always been that way. Right? right? And uh, that's the big shift we need to do going forward is... Uh, is to really simplify your ability to go experience something yeah. on a very, very fair system. Uh, it's still not there. We're still working on it for a bunch of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, you need 80 permissions to put together an event in, in the country. Mm. And some some states have like made it 10 now and everyone's rejoicing, but you still have to get a humongous number of permissions to, to hold. And you can they can recall a permission whenever they want. Wow. Right. Yeah, so uh, that kind of uh, leads to that whole Seinfeld thing, right? I mean, yeah. like, what happened over there? What What was the... I think there's, there was there was an incident uh, at NSAI mm-hmm. the, the, previous, uh, the previous week. Uh, I think that resulted in a lot of friction between various departments, and I think we were collateral damage. Wow. Okay. It's just yeah, kind of incredibly, yeah. But I'll say this, you guys handled the whole refund process like fantastically on that. I didn't even have to like make a request. It was no, I, of course. And yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think quite a few people have contrary opinion. Like I was personally calling people. Oh, really? Right? Okay. Like that was one day, 110 people at OML, everyone made phone calls. Oh, okay. Right? Everyone made phone calls and said, look, I'm sorry, this has happened. We can't do anything about it. Lots of people had planned travels, booked hotels, right. uh, air tickets, and uh, it was just not the ticket, right? A lot of people lost money beyond tickets. We were refunding tickets. Right, the right. airlines is not going to refund the airline ticket. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's any early industry I feel is like um, is going to go through troubles like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the really important thing is as industry scale, and I think scale is really important, you get a lot more mileage to be able to have representations to change laws, mm-hmm. to be able to have, uh, as a body, have more uh, power to be able to dictate terms. Uh, so being able to scale up is right. really important. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, the ability to lobby kind of makes you, uh, makes this stuff more friendly for you guys to do. Absolutely. That, that, that and sense. and if, you, if you're an important employer, if, if there's a large, like if there's a good number of people who work in this industry, right. obviously your ability to represent that industry is higher. Yeah, yeah and that's, I, be, I believe, where the Paytm partnership definitely now will, you know, pay a little role uh, in uh, sort of scaling that up. Uh, it already has, right? I mean, Absolutely. they're also in a very highly regulated right. industry and... They have to deal with, uh, you know, governance. Uh, they just have all incredible the time. brand recall. 
Yeah. Right. Like everyone, like Paytm has incredible brand recall and and respect across in uh, across India. And and for a small company like uh, Insider to be a Paytm investment, it just opens a lot of doors. Nice. Right. Like a lot of people, we are a lot more credible at deals suddenly because we have the Paytm association. Right. Of course. No, I think it's a great partnership. And of course, uh, coming back to the tech side of things, uh, it also lets you maybe refocus some of those, like you said, uh, directions where you want to go from a product perspective and, uh, you know, from a tech perspective. One of the things which you mentioned earlier, right, again, sort of in a new uh, sort of area or maybe even a gray area from a regulatory standpoint, which you mentioned about dynamic pricing, right? I, I know that... A lot of this government control is simply because governments don't understand mm. the scope of what these things can be, right? They so, don't get that some people save money too. That doesn't come uh, to them. I way. don't know. I mean, I think they just don't see how big this could be and should I tax you more for it or whatnot. I know entertainment tax has been this, there's been hue and cry about entertainment tax by all organizers all over the yeah. years. Yeah. So, something like dynamic pricing, What? how do you see... Uh, why hasn't it been done before and uh, how are you guys going to be approaching it? I think till a year ago, till uh, till GST was uh, was introduced, you couldn't do dynamic pricing simply because uh, tickets need to be printed and stamped by the government. Yeah, right? that was uh, a ridiculous, most ridiculous rule ever. Right? It's still, like Calcutta still follows it, for instance, even wow. though there is GST. Uh, and that that means that if you did dynamic pricing, you're sitting and printing like 10,000 different tickets. At the time. At the time, right? Uh, wow. it's, it makes it impossible right. to do it. Second, I, I genuinely don't think uh, the event industry, at least, we haven't really been very forward thinking in terms of features, right? Or in terms of what we could do with it because a lot of good works happened on the movie side, but you don't see dynamic pricing on movies either. No. no. Right? You you see very fixed pricing and a lot of shows are empty. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think because it's scaled up so much, a lot of effort goes into keeping up with scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of companies spend a lot of time keeping up with that scale versus right. doing new things because systems are continuously breaking. Uh, all these business rules you have to manage continuously keep changing yeah. and you have to keep up with all of that. So doing forward thinking things takes a step back. Right. Right. right? So I, I think I blame that for we not being... The lack of innovation. Lack in of innovation in, in this direction. For instance, I don't know, we launched a feature called Buy Together. Uh, we've always been believers that friends sell tickets to friends. Yeah. Right? Uh, the biggest source of demand is pure Me. word of mouth. Yeah. Right? And... Um, so, um, and we always like, why are we giving money to networks uh, to sell tickets when it's your friend who's selling the tickets? So we launched a feature called Buy Together, which allows you to form a group. If you convince three friends to buy a ticket, all of you get rewarded for it, oh, nice. right? And it's a very specific to the event kind of feature. It's not right. a referral across the system, right? right? And, and things like that, I, I think we're able to do uh, A, because... I think to some level, even with a very small team, mm-hmm. we've built uh, some systems which scale very well. We're lucky to jump onto the JavaScript bandwagon early on, uh, start using Node.js in uh, 2014. Uh, all those people who hate Node.js on this podcast, <laughs> stay away. <laughs> V8, V8, just launched. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like uh, I think the small team's done a good, our small team's been very forward thinking in terms of 
how we use technology. You don't need a lot of people to build a very scalable stack. And whether it's new things, a lot of new things we are, we are working on are Erlang-based or oh. uh, and so on and so forth. So I think it's important to build systems which scale well. Erlang-based is actually more riskier than Node.js-based. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because you don't know if it'll stick, stay around. Yeah, it will. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, every two years, everyone wants to rewrite everything. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't really matter. Nice. So, yeah. uh, so I just want to come back to the dynamic pricing a little bit, right? I wanted to ask, do you anticipate like, uh, like you know, there's a lot of ill feeling towards someone like Uber often when they are when they implement search pricing. Right? I mean, yeah. there's logic behind it, right? I mean, like that. Do you anticipate issues like that where people will kind of look at this and be like, "Hey, he got his ticket for two hundred. How come I'm paying four hundred? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's going to happen. Uh, and uh, do you anticipate any kind of governmental issues over there? Do you think they'll jump into this? Because, see, the thing is that I, it feels like they want to jump into the Uber thing all the time. Correct. So do you think that they'll kind of, what are, what are your thoughts around that? I don't know. It might happen, might not. I, I think there'll be events where they won't care. There might be events where they will care. Okay. Uh, I think like um, like IPL, for instance, the cheapest ticket starts at, still starts at 750 because they want to make sure it's approachable. Ah. One day international tickets, for instance, start at 299 because a lot of state associations are, government-backed or quasi-government in some sort of way and they want to make sure that it's approachable to every section and it's not like yeah. just a rich people's sport anymore. So I think there'll be places where we could deploy it. Uh, we'll have to be very careful. Right. For instance, one of the differences between Uber and us is uh, we'll never go down. Hmm. Um, the price will never go down. The price will... Well, you'll have a, you'll have a floor. No, once it moves up, it won't go down. Oh, okay, all right, right. It's a so, product decision. Uh, right? It's 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 very price discovery, right? Okay. Um, so uh, and thresholds of where price discovery affects hmm. supply. I mean, demand is 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 what we'll need to figure out. So in a t- typical time series data, like if <coughs> if search pricing is is search, search pricing is also uh, on the on Uber is fairly different because they have. Um, like their supply is existed exists every minute, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just about how much supply exists at that minute, and and what? how much demand is there at that minute. Right. But in a typical event, the event's like fifteen days away, right? And people are buying today, so you need to be able to estimate what sort of sales curve is this going to take, right? Right. Is this what sort of trend curve is this going to take, and can do I have some historical data of a similar trend curve, and can I layer it on to yeah. predict where this is going to go? And then scale up based on demand to move to another curve. Ah, okay. Right. So it's slightly different from what Uber does. Yeah. So it's it's not like uh, it's not dynamic in both directions. It's dynamic only in as demand is accelerated, you will accelerate pricing. Demand or, or like interest. if you buy early, you get lower. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. If demand or interest, like yeah. a lot of times, like a precursor to. Uh, a successful event is not really buying. People don't buy really early, but there's not a lot of interest. Right. Uh, interest early, and it's also in the in. It's also good for the organizer if people buy early. Yeah, so especially in this case, when everything. it's an escalating ladder pipeline, right. ladder price line, people might be incentivized to buy early. Like another mm-hmm. thing we we launched was. We launched event cancellation insurance for the first yeah. time. Oh, okay. You could buy a ticket and cancel it by paying an insurance premium on it. No one done that on events so far. That's interesting. Uh, so, like, you could commit to an event three months away, knowing right. that hey, I could hit cancel and get my money back. Right, right, right. Paytm yeah. has that on movie tickets. Yeah, too. yeah. 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 
Yeah. Pretty interesting. I mean, it's, it's a cognitive bias of oh, maybe yeah. I won't lose so much money. Right. Absolutely. Right. If I have to, so might as well pay that little bit. Yeah, and and especially because secondary is not legal in India, mm. right? Like the international markets get around this by doing secondary right, sales. Right. 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 Uh, so no one's done secondary sales in India. Correct. Yet. That was another thing. I know that like most tickets I have bought for events abroad have been secondary sales. Yeah, I and saw the seat geek. I mean, like yeah. I, I use seat geek or ticket yeah. master for anything yeah. Yeah. over there. But but that's a problem, right? They have a massive bots problem because because of this exact same issue. Yeah, be, uh, you can't get a primary ticket. You have to get a secondary. Ticket. Because they're priced out of the they price mm. wrong. Yeah. Right. Uh, like this this year is the first year I think uh, Ticketmaster has launched uh, launched a ticket model where you are uh, have to be authorized, like your pictures on the ticket. Oh, right? uh-huh, okay. So for the first time, a lot of concerts have gone unsold. They're not sold out. Hmm. Simply because there are no doubts and the, the ticket prices are fairly higher than before. Right. Because oh. uh, what used to happen is there's a lot of 360 deals happen in that market, right? The promoter puts tickets at a low price but has a partnership with the StubHub and gets a cut back after like yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot right. of weird things going on there. Uh, so it's not necessary that at least secondary the way it's evolved in america is a good thing it's possibly an extremely bad thing for a consumer mm. i really right? hope you're not planning something like aadhar integrated ticket <laughs> from the sound of it i felt well, like you're going how do you do that like I'm no like, <laughs> for for verification uh, while buying you have to buy that oh i am going to come on this ticket and then have fingerprint yeah, yeah, on the stadium why am i giving you ideas <laughs> You could actually get turnstiles with fingerprints on them. Oh no! <laughs> I still haven't linked my bank account to my. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I do that. But yeah. I don't think secondary sales is such a bad idea uh, as long as uh, the price variance is not too much. Right. Right. Like if you can sell at plus five percent, minus five percent of right. what you bought. Hmm. Then it's fine. That's normal distribution margins, basically. Correct, right? correct, so, right? Yeah. The right. Pro- the problem in like uh, in America is like it's two hundred percent. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's insane. Yeah, yeah. I, it's I was, literally scalping. It, it, it's absolutely. Do you know the American uh, rule for uh, black? What is black ticketing and what's not? No. So it's, it's only outside the t- theater, right? Only if you're doing it in person outside the stadium. Only it's only black ticketing, black black marketing, no black ticketing. Uh, yeah. If it's uh, within five hundred meters of the venue. Oh wow! Yeah. So if you step outside 500 meters, it's not. So you find tickets in the parking lot. You'll never find tickets right outside the stadium. Wow! You don't know. Nice. Everyone does it digitally no. now. Everyone yeah, does yeah, stuff. No, no, I'm talking about yeah, that. Yeah, even yeah, when yeah. I used to yeah, go, yeah, when yeah, I go yeah, to college, that yeah. time it used to be that. Yeah. Like uh, if I wanted to go for a Philadelphia Phillies game, you had to buy a ticket from the back uh, from the parking lot. You would not be able to get it uh, there because the games were all sold out. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I think we got we got some interesting ideas. Yes, you never know. In a year, you might see a startup in this space <laughs> sure. who will be then. You'll probably look at acquiring because you guys will be so big by then. Or we'll do it ourselves. Or you'll do it yourself, <laughs> of course. All right. On that note, I think. Uh, I mean, this was a great show. Thanks so much for doing this, Shreyas. Uh, we had a great time, and uh, let's hope to continue the discussion. Uh, of course. After the show, we have a Slack channel. Yes, please join the Slack channel, ivmpodcast.com/shunya1. There's a button over there. Click on that button, and we will send you an invitation for that Slack channel. And also, please give us a rating or a review on iTunes, or even drop a comment. Uh, you can drop comments all over the place these days: Castbox, YouTube, whatever. Just drop us a comment so we know what you think about the show. Yes, and you can find uh, Shreyas on Twitter. On what's your handle? S Shreyas. 
Right. You weren't early enough on Twitter, were you? No, I. funny enough, dude, good story. Uh, <laughs> I registered as Shreyas five days before Shreyas was taken. Oh, oh really? And? Yeah, I just never got, I never got, like, tried Shreyas. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy who has Shreyas, I think, is a product manager at Facebook. Uh, nice. So one day I was just, like, seeing when was it registered and he registered it after me. Damn. Uh, I used to be as Shreyas on IRC. And I used to be Ashreyas on Gmail. Right. So I went to legacy. And I, at that point of time, there's no way I would have predicted that this Twitter handle is going to be valuable. <laughs> yeah. Like it was an SMS service for crying out loud. Yeah, you yeah. could have probably tried yeah. getting SS. No, I don't think. No, the I don't think two letter they was never, only employees. Employee, and, yeah, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. I don't think there were too many two letters. Yeah, yeah, not at all. But cool. So yeah. at Ashreyas on Twitter, please uh, ping him. And of course, uh, I'm sure you know overall insider and oml where to get it uh and you'll probably be buying a ticket on insider so all right thank you thank you, thank you.